Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, or whatever randomness finds its way on in the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends. Welcome to another level of Laugh at a Fuzzball. Zuh. That's right, friends. Zuh. <laughs> Zuh means friends. And if, if you can't tell, we're, we're, we're continuing with the uh, phone Skype recordings of the podcast because uh, the Wookiee's still living in a freaking hotel because uh, construction and leaks and brr. But it's great because I have great, amazing friends like none other than Benjamin Blueford Blue the Fourth. Oh, hello. Why do you sound like Mrs. Doubtfire? Because I can. <laughs> it was a drive-by fruiting. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm joined by Blue on a another, you know, uh, bi-monthly us getting together and chatting about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. And uh, for this edition of the podcast, not CBM Defenders, not news, not a review of a thing, but I, I, I had an idea. And my idea, so literally, I drive to work like most, you know, red-blooded human beings. And as I'm driving to work, I'm just lost in nostalgia. And I'm thinking about all the all the movies that made me, you know, like, all these are the movies that I like. Also, I'm formulating, like, this really cool top ten idea with my beautiful Heather for us to, to do a joint episode, me and the wife. Uh, <laughs> she keeps saying she'll do it someday. <laughs> Sometime this year, we'll get it recorded. Probably not while we're living in a hotel. Probably not right now while we're recording by phone. But it's coming in the future. So I was working on my top 10 list. Because of that, I was thinking about it like a lot of movies. Like, oh, do I love this movie? Do I love that movie? And then I thought, you know, like there there are certain movies that created the geek that we are. You know what I mean? Like when me, when you, when listener, when we're all little, we just like we saw this movie that like fits right into our geek realm. And and at a point, there was either a moment or the entirety of the movie where we were just like, holy hell, my life is different. My life has changed. I am wowed. I am into this. And uh, it, it got me thinking, like, what what are those moments? What are those movies? Not necessarily a, a top 10, so to speak, but just like a, a discussion of, of some movies that sort of like got us, that like hooked us. And uh, I, I shot it out to Blue and... Of course, we have a group chat. It's like me, Blue, and the Marshall. And I'm like, what What about this? And Blue didn't respond, so I didn't know how I felt about it. But Danny was like, damn it, that's a good topic. And I think he's regretting his hiatus for this. <laughs> uh, but it, it did make him think like when me and Blue did like our Saturday morning nostalgia. And then we did our, our uh, Disney afternoon. Like those are good episodes. So I shot it over to the Earl of Blueberry. And he indulged me for, for tonight's recording. And uh, that's indulged. where we Indulged? I'm excited. Yeah, I, I really I think it's a fun little topic. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a it's a little different than things we've watched before, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really interested in it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and I, I told Blue to come up with a five to ten. <laughs> I don't know how many he finally <laughs> came up with. Uh, I think oh, I, I thought it was five. I got five. I could I get said, more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, when we talk, if there's something else you want to bring up, you can add it to your list. Yeah. But uh, yeah, these are the it's the wow of nostalgia, friends. It's uh, that moment or that thing where we're just like, wow, wow. 
I want to be somebody who appreciates this subject matter. And uh, with that, Blue, I'll let you take it away. Uh, you can either initial thoughts or just start with your first choice. Okay, initial thoughts. Um, so nostalgia stuff for me is I, I, I don't think it hits as hard as some other people like they go searching for it all the time. I don't. I like finding new. I like finding fresh. I like finding things that are like oh, this is interesting to me because I want to see where this next generation and where this the, the younger folks are like kind of taking their thoughts and where we progress. I like the idea of like um, people changing and evolving through through different media and seeing how brave they can be to kind of break their barriers. However, that being said, I am also a sucker when it comes to nostalgia. And when it does hit, who oh boy, does it hit pretty hit pretty hard and it hurt and it hits pretty deep <laughs> sometimes. So it's just like, Oh God, that feels so good. And uh, I don't like to overdo it on myself. Cause I don't want to lose that, that special kind of feeling when I like think of my dad or something. Um, because when I was young, uh, you know, dad was in the military and he would be gone for most of the day. He would leave at 6am and he would come home at like nine 30 to 10 30 PM. So I almost wouldn't see him during the week, but, um, on the weekends, it was all dad. He would cook us like banana pancakes in the morning and he would have stuff ready for us like breakfast and he'd take us out and dad was really cool about it. Like over the weekends, he would teach us stuff and it was awesome. So um, that being said, throughout the years, um, you know, uh, I think you were also stationed in Okinawa, right? I was. Yeah, so was my father for a year. Dad was out there for a year um, away from us. So uh, when he came back, he had all sorts of movies and he had the 1980s uh, Zoids, the the Kong Zoid uh, he had brought back. And uh, some of the movies that he had brought back, he had taped on uh, VHS uh, for all you younger kids. That's an old style of make <laughs> putting movies together. <laughs> Magnetic uh, tape. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, he came home with a, a VH, like uh, a couple, actually, uh, VHS tapes. And um, some of them he knew because when I was like three, he had put on King Kong and I cried over the gorilla dying. So he was like, I wonder how you do with the Godzilla film. And he showed me some Godzilla films. And I had seen some. I had seen the original 1954 um, or 55 uh, Godzilla. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And uh, he brought this gem, which is going to be my first movie uh, bring up for this nostalgia. And it's not the whole film. It's a moment in the film because I've seen a lot of Godzilla movies. And by the time I saw this one with him, uh, I had seen, you know, a lot of Godzilla movies. I, I watched a bunch of them. And uh, this particular movie was Godzilla versus Megalon. And long story short for the movie... Godzilla fights another monster. This monster came up from Atlanteans who had joined some aliens and they were tag teaming. So it's like Megalon and Gigan versus Godzilla and uh, this robot named Jet Jaguar. And it's hilarious to me and stands out because there's this moment in the film where Jet Jaguar grabs Megalon from behind and is like holding his arms. And he like motions with his head for Godzilla to come on uh, to hit this dude. Like, like they're ganging up on him and beating him up. And Godzilla, like, takes a couple steps back and, like, raises his arms and, like, steadies himself and, like, scuffles his feet on the floor, runs forward and slides on his tail 
and hit like drop kicks Megalon in the chest with both his feet sliding on his tail for like, I don't know, like a mile. 500 feet, like just boom. And it's a, it's, it's the most ridiculous piece of cinematic history. And I absolutely, it, 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 it was one of the things that shaped my young adolescent brain into thinking about how comedy can also be action can also be inspiring like so how old were you no when you saw this oh god i was four okay so what, like 1987 1988 uh four would have put me at 87 yeah okay yeah so and and just telling you dear listener we're probably not diving into the 90s we're probably like movies from like 1980s and earlier when oh, we're doing this yeah all what? of my movies are from the 80s yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this this does age us. We are a little bit older. But uh, I think, uh, you know, there may be a movie where you're like, I've never even heard of that. Like Godzilla vs. Megalon, I don't know if I ever watched it. I've seen yeah. many Godzilla movies. I've been on record here with the podcast about visiting my dad when I was like five or six in New York. Being at his like telephone company where he worked. <laughs> he didn't work for the telephone company. He worked for a company that made telephones. And my dad was in charge of doing like the instruction manuals and he made pretty good money. It was like one of my uncle's like companies. Eagle Telephonics doesn't exist anymore. But in the warehouse, ended up in this loft with some guy in charge to the warehouse where we just watch Godzilla movies and it was great. Yes. <laughs> That's awesome. So this may have been one of the ones I don't remember the particular moment, but I do remember just being wowed by giant kaiju and being like, Whoa, oh, oh my God. You could definitely look it up. There are gifts of it all over the place. Um, and I strongly suggest uh, like just watch it with the boys. It's one of those Godzilla films where there's nothing scary. It's all just kind of, it was during the time where um, Toho was making him like the hero Godzilla. Right. Like a friend to all the children, Godzilla. So, yeah, it's very cute. It's a very cute movie. As a matter of fact, Jet Jaguar, the character that was the robot, um, was uh -huh. based off of a drawing from a Japanese kid who won a contest to have his monster turned into a kaiju in a Godzilla film. Nice. Yeah, it looks nothing like the kid's drawing at all. <laughs> they they were like, oh, God, this is horrible. This is a kid that won? And so they changed it and made it into a, an Ultraman-looking, like, robot. So. Right. Well, yeah, like, and, and what, what I meant, dear listener, when I'm saying like older movies, just like maybe a movie you haven't thought of in a while or uh, a movie that you haven't like talked about in a while. Uh, that's what I meant. So like things to look back from 1973, Godzilla versus Megalon. Yeah. Yeah. Good choice. Does that take it to me for my my first? Absolutely. So we got to get the Star Wars out of the way. Uh, when I was thinking, my on record, my favorite Star Wars movie, Empire Strikes Back. But the Star Wars movie that I went to for the wow moment, 1983, Return of the Jedi. So I'm young. I'm impressionable. Definitely saw this on television. Like my dad claims that he took me. Well, he doesn't claim anything anymore. He's gone. Rest in peace, dad. But uh, <laughs> that, that he took me to see this movie in 1983 when I was three years old. And then I just sat there and watched the entirety of it and was a good boy. But I was a good boy. I was a good boy up to a certain point. So I don't have Ewok memories of 1983, but I do have Ewok movies of like 1986, you know, 1986, 1987. And seeing, you know, the Ewok movies came out on television, but mm -hmm. seeing the Battle of Endor. Yeah. juxtaposition of the, the space fight, everything going down with Emperor and Darth and Luke. And then with freaking the, the Ewok on Endor and they're like crude traps and like uh, defenses. 
and just uh, I'm really going to a moment when the Ewok dies and his friend is just pulling him and grabbing him and like being sad and crying and like, no, not the little bear. Like I've come to appreciate them as like autonomous murder bears in my in my older age, which is uh, (laughs) the Battle of Endor. And and so much like even like Chewbacca in the in the ATPT, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Just uh, so much. And like. Even the the subversion of the I love you, I know, although that's me being older, like realizing that's uh, them taking the Empire stuff. But just everything going on with the Ewok on Endor worked for me. And yes, I know some people don't like Ewok. You're wrong. But as a child, man, it was just a lot because they they go from cute to eating people to worshiping droids to all of a sudden, you know, (laughs) Viet Cong guerrilla tactics on the the planet of Endor. (laughs) And uh, it just really hit me and struck me and like, uh, like ignited this sense of wonder in like uh, a science fantasy universe where I was just like, oh, wow. And even like, you know, I saw that I'd seen scenes of Empire. I don't know that I ever watched A New Hope until like I was like 10, 11 and Boy Scouts and running into like older Scouts that like revered everything and be like, oh, I want to be cool like them. I should I should watch some of the Star Wars. And watch A New Hope and be like, oh, this is fun. It's a little boring. It's not Return of the Jedi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I just, and I, I had to throw the the Star Wars on there. But, like, yeah, Return of the Jedi just, like, wowed me. And there's so much more. Like, everything going on with Jabba and uh, Sice Noodles and all that and the Rancor. And uh, it's just, it's a wonder of a movie. But, uh, yeah, Ewoks and Return of the Jedi just, like, nostalgically wowed me. Like, any thoughts, Blue? Oh, heck yeah. Are you kidding me? Like, the Ewoks were absolutely amazing. And even in their, um, that standalone, like, I think it was straight TV movie, uh, Endor. Yeah, Battle for Endor. Battle for Endor. Yes, uh, Battle for Endor. Like, ugh, I love that movie. Ewoks were my jam. Like, they they always have and they always will be. I I love Ewoks. I think they're freaking great. Yeah, uh, just I don't know. It, it uh, little little space teddy bears got me. So uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to put it on my list of movies to talk about. Heck yeah! All right, Blue, what you got next? Okay, so for my next one, I've talked about this movie before, um, uh, and how much I loved it, and and blah blah blah. I think we've brought it up. Uh, actually, I, I think I've brought it up a couple of times to be honest. But uh, the movie I wanted to bring up is not just. Yes, the whole movie kind of changed a lot of what I, um, I how I kind of see things because, um, oh, the, well, let's just get the movie out of the way first. So the movie is Crawl. Um, I had Liam Neeson. <laughs> the movie was great. But the, the reason for the movie being so great to me was because it was something that brought together two things that I absolutely love. It was both science fiction and it was fantasy because you had the spaceships of the bad guys coming in and they had the, the laser lances and they were shooting stuff. And the, um, the, the monster wasn't like a demon King. It was, it was an alien. And they said as much like, yo, this alien came to our planet. Like it has a ship that is also a castle and has been like using its technology to teleport all over the place. And we can't rescue the princess. And, um, You know, the whole movie is just this beautiful mix of science fiction uh, with the aliens coming down. And then the fantasy part being the heroes. You've got a Cyclops working with the people, and then he brings them to the fire horses. And the fire horses 
in that movie, like, is one of the coolest freaking scenes that I remember with my dad. And he he was like, because uh, he saw it, you know, ahead of me because, you, you know, parents checking the movies and stuff, making sure it's okay for the kids. Um, right. They They had already had... Um, an issue with one of the movies that they hadn't seen first. Um, and we'll talk about that movie in a little bit. That is going to be one of those, uh, one of my other, it's on my list. Um, but they had already had one of the issues with one of the other movies and they were like, yeah, let's just watch the movie first and make sure that there's nothing crazy going on. That way we could watch it with them. But I was, uh, I want to say I was like five. So that would have put me at 88, but I think the movie came out in like 83, 84. Um, one of those times, uh, 83. but 83. Yeah. So the, uh, when the fire horses fly, my dad is like tapping me on the shoulder and he goes, Papa, look, 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 look. And, uh, the horses just start flying off cliff. And I was like, Oh, why are they running off? And I freaked out for a second. And then when I saw when everybody's all smiling and the horses are leaving, like the fire trails, he was like, they're magic. I was like, <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> I was like, I want a big thick. Because, you know, the girls always had the pretty horses with the little feet and stuff. These things were like freaking Clydesdales. And they were making fire and running on the sky. I was like, whoa, that's a cool horse. (laughs) I didn't know horses could be cool and for boys. That's crazy. Because, you know, that's how we thought back in the day. Right. Yeah. And it's like, whoa, wow. I could have a fire horse. (laughs) Yeah. It's a bananas movie. Like, if you guys haven't seen it, like, definitely check it out because there's so much more. If you're into D&D, there's, like, a druid who can wild shape and he turns into animals and he's he's kind of a jerk, to be honest. It's a great D&D character to play. There's wizards and there's a sorceress and, um, like, a, 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 a tether um, spell that's, that's holding this um, poor lady who is like tethered to uh, magically tethered to a spider. And when one dies, the other dies. And it's, it's really crazy. The whole movie's awesome. Oh, and the freaking glaive. Yes. And of course the glaive. Yes. Yeah. Like literally if you reason me and blue, like uh, ready player one, they used the fucking glaive. <laughs> yep. hundred percent. Yes. When we see it together. We're like, it's a fucking glaive. That's a fucking glaive. <laughs> Such a cool freaking weapon, like the ultimate boomerang. Yeah. It's good stuff. Liam Neeson, Robbie Coldrain, like, yeah, good, good sauce. Uh, I didn't put it on my list, but when you mentioned it, I'm like, damn it, that could have easily been on my list too. Yeah, it's a good one. (laughs) Yeah, really good one. I, uh, yeah, I I co-sign everything you said, Blue. (laughs) Great. Thank you. So that takes me to my next one. Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're just skipping a year ahead to 1984, and uh, this was my example to Blue when I set the topic, the never-ending story. Yeah. So if I'm going with a wow moment, I'm 100% going with Bastion riding Falcor, getting the bullies back. Yes. The entirety of the movie is dark and wild and crazy, but that moment, I was like, I could be Bastion. I could fly the luck dragon i could get the bullies back make them go in the dumpster (laughs) (laughs) and just uh everything about falcor like i wanted i wanted a friend i wanted a dog i wanted something like him like you know what i mean didn't Mm -hmm. have to be a dragon 
Like someday I'll probably have a dog and name him Falcor just to like complete the circle <laughs> and I'll ride him, ride him by dumpsters and bullies, <laughs> but never any story, just the entirety of the movie. But that moment with Bastion getting to have his comeuppance at the end of the movie really like just filled my little like picked on nerd heart and this is yeah. really, like, most of these movies i didn't get to see in theaters i saw them on vhs through like when video stores were king like you kids don't understand that because uh, everything's streaming and you got to find where it is but it used to be you just went to your mom and pop video store or blockbuster or hollywood video rented the movie and then you know watched it to your heart's content yeah uh and yeah the never ending story was just uh was everything and it's 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 <laughs> dark movie it uh, really is yeah there there's a lot of crazy stuff going on uh but you know i i just really freaking loved it and i'm like at a loss for words to say more beyond that i think i'm feeling a little verklempt blue take it away <laughs> never any story like oh yes absolutely so the only reason why i didn't have it on my list was because you said you had mentioned that you were gonna like as an example and i was like oh good he's gonna have it on his list that means i get a free number six <laughs> and uh, uh, I'm so glad you said it because so my pivotal moment of that movie um, growing up was there's there's like you said, it's it's so dark um, and it's right after, you know, you've lost Artex. You've got um, he's, he's spoken to uh, what's her name, the giant turtle. And he's going through all this stuff and he's being hunted. Atreyu is being hunted out. In, in the swamps, everything is collapsing, like the nothing is taking everything and everything is breaking apart. And he's confronted by Gamork coming out of this out of this dark ass cave. And all you can see are the green eyes of this wolf. And uh, he's looking at all of these freaking um, like murals, uh, like foretelling what's going to happen and stuff like that. And the last picture there is Gamork like looking at him and he's he turns and he sees Gamork in that in that cave and uh, that big black wolf with the boy. And when it comes out and it tries to, like, attack the kid, uh, Atreyu with just his knife managed to stab it and kill Gamor, despite how powerful, how swift and how big it was. And that was one of my my big pivotal moments of like, yo, even though I'm small, like, I don't have to be afraid. I could be brave like him and like freaking if it's coming at me just stab it real quick it's good <laughs> yeah like you know alan oppenheimer like not getting credit but you know voice of falcor gamor rockbiter the narrator <laughs> oh just uh yeah the the wolf is such a scary antagonist on top of the nothing you know what i mean but uh, yeah so I love this movie so much when I went to Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2015, it was a little bit easier to get like signatures and stuff. It didn't cost quite as much. But Deep Roy was there and, oh, you know, he was, awesome. yeah, he was there for Star Wars stuff. But literally he was at his table all by himself with his handler. And I was like, my mom was like, you know, you've got like one credit left. What do you want to use? I want to like, I want to go talk to Deep Roy. And I was like, okay, yeah. she had no idea. And went up there and was like, hey, I love your work. Like, thanks so much. I was like, I just want to tell you, like, I know your part was really small in the never ending story, but it really meant a lot to me for you to be teeny weeny riding the snail. Like, yeah. in a sense of wonder and, and just great. And he was like, nope, nobody ever mentions that movie. 
but he had like a, a sign still for it. So that's what he signed for me. And what I took with me was him oh, as like freaking awesome. teeny weeny. And he was just like, thank you so much. And I was like, you're, you're amazing. Like, I'm so happy you're still getting work. Like, I can't. And it was just a, a really good moment. But like the second I saw Deep Roy, I was like, never any story. Oh my God. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah, whole, that whole team him and the and the speedy snail, the racing snail, uh, the stupid bat with the guy who flew him, and then the rock biter, you know? What a great little team all together. Yeah, yeah, the Never Ending Story, friends. If you if you are remiss and have never seen it, like, what are you doing with your life? It holds up. It's still, like, it's, it's of the 80s, but it's still such a great story. Yeah, it really does. I got to show Caitlin. She still hasn't seen it. Oh, my goodness. You need to get on that right now, brother. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, man, I love, love that freaking movie. So uh, good. All right. Uh, what you got next, Lou? Okay. So for my next one, because uh, I kind of already brought it up a little bit with what we were talking about and stuff, um, the one I wanted to talk about was um, the one where my dad hadn't seen it beforehand with my mom, and we just watched it together because it was, like, out finally out on TV because, uh, you know, we just didn't have the time to go to the movies with dad being at work all the time. Um, so we saw the dark crystal <laughs> and, you know, for like, for like a very young child, maybe watching and not watching the film beforehand is not the best idea because you gotta, you gotta make sure that there, there are some dark spots in the dark crystal and they get going right at the get go. So the, the whole movie is one of those like it's one of those movies that made me want to be an artist um first and foremost because brian froud is the artist for that and he came up with the coolest like renditions for um the like all of the the runes and the alchemical signs that the um the uru were using and the uru were those the the deep singing dudes with the forearms that raised Jen. Um, so he made all of those symbols and he came up with all of the creatures and the Gartham creatures, which by the way, the D and D game I've been playing that I was playing right before <laughs> jumping into this with, uh, with Joe, uh, the last name of my character is Garth, which is oh, nice. I took directly from the dark crystal. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> shows you how much influence, uh, the dark crystal has had on me, but the, the moment in particular, that really like spooked the hell out of me and forged that movie, burned it into my brain is when the emperor of the Skeksis at the get go of the movie dies. He's horrifying looking first and foremost. And he's like, ah, and he's doing all these sounds and he's like struggling to breathe. And then he loses out his breath and you see like he takes his final like death gasp and everybody like closes in on him. And instead of like, you know, you see like a movie, somebody dies and you're like, Oh man, that guy just died. But then when this thing died, it just immediately crumbles into dust, which was somehow <laughs> even more terrifying than, than anything else. And I was like, Oh, ah! I just immediately started crying. And mom and dad were like, Whoa, woof. We should have watched this one before. <laughs> we thought yeah. it was it was a Jim Henson movie. Or should we should have waited a second? But then the rest of the movie happened, and I was all up in arms, like I want a Landstrider. And they were like, Yeah, me too. 
Yeah, it's a it's a really really solid movie. I definitely saw this on VHS. Watched it because it was Jim Henson. I think on the first viewing because it was so different. I was expecting Muppets. I was like, I don't know, but we had it on VHS, so I watched it again. I was like, Ooh, Kira's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> and then watch it. I will tell you, watching this movie, Agra scared the piss out of me. I had to oh, hell it. Yeah, like she scared me, and, it's, and I I came around to liking the the Netflix like prequel show, but mm-hmm. I, I guess one of my critiques like Agra wasn't scary enough because yeah, uh, she no. really just creeped me the f out. Uh, actually, so she was I, also, to be fair, she was also a thousand years younger. So you're right. Uh, I definitely <laughs> at work this past week saw a guest who looked like Kira. And I was like, oh, wow. He ever told you that you're beautiful like a Gelfling? And the chick looked at me and was like, what the fuck? And I was like, <laughs> oh, I think a faux pas. I knew this was going to come <laughs> up on your list. The only reason it's not on my list is because I knew it would be on yours. But I was like, oh, shit. I think I just struck a nerve with her. Like, I didn't mean that as an insult. <laughs> <laughs> but she really did look like a human version of freaking Jen. And I was like, oh, like, I was like, lucky you. But apparently... Uh, there was there was some some deep seated uh, taunting there that I opened up a wound. <laughs> very funny. elvish, you know what I mean? Like the Gelflings fit fit that like elven like I don't want to say fantasy, but like you know what I mean that trope. Yeah, of course. So yeah, like Podlings and freaking Skeksis and Uru. It's just it's such a good good freaking movie. But I, I talk too much. Keep talking, Blue. <laughs> No, you're absolutely right, man. There's like so many things in the movie that are just um, really great. Like I said, the Land Striders, um, when they're traveling and running on those things, they're they're like dudes in stilts, essentially. But the way that they made the faces and, and the bodies was just absolutely beautiful. The scenery, my gosh, you get lost in the scenery of this place. And it felt like such an alien world. Like, I guess that was another thing that I really liked about it, like later on in life that I, I started appreciating more uh, was that blend of like science fiction fantasy. This was an alien world, like you were going through a fantasy story on an alien planet somewhere where they had this great conjunction of like three suns and wow, how's that even work and stuff like that. So, right. yeah, it was uh, it, it was such a. It's such a special movie, I think, and I'm really glad that they expanded on the story at least a little bit, you know? Yeah, it's so elaborate and beautiful, and there are no human actors. No. You know what I mean? And it worked. Yeah. Like, just Jim Henson and Frank Oz, like, you know, we're going to use all these tools that that we've worked on to just give you this ultimate dark fantasy and it's beautiful like it's yeah it just it it wows you like i don't yeah it's just freaking good (laughs) the mystics and the skexies like yeah it's amazing it's a a really strong choice and i knew when i threw this topic to you like i don't even dare because i know this is blues like i have but yeah (laughs) like don't even consider it like move on joe (laughs) yeah it's a, it's a solid, solid movie. You got more to say? No, I'm good. All right. So takes it to me? Yeah. So my next 
wow moment. One of my favorite movies of all time. And I don't know how much I've talked about it here on the podcast, but I'm sure Blue knows because I quote this movie every week. People don't realize it, but I do. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971. Oh, yes. And this is a film that 100% our age group came to because it played on regular TV all the time. That's how I saw it. Played on regular TV. And was like, oh, what's going on with this poor kid? I'm a poor kid. Okay, cool. Like, I'm not so poor that mom's, like, stirring socks and I'm, like, scrounging up change for a chocolate bar. But we're not rich. So I get it. You're a German poor kid. I'm an American poor kid. Okay. Cheer up, Charlie. It's fine. There's music. Like, I'm, I'm getting into musicals. I like singing. Like, I'm a musical kind of fella. Like, all's well. The Candyman song, what a what a bop, what a jam. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Uh, and then you you golden ticket, you know, freaking slugworth, all that stuff. You're like, okay, cool, we're rocking and rolling. You get to the chocolate factory. You get Gene Wilder. You know, he does a little trip thing, ad lib work. When they go to the floor, when Gene Wilder starts singing, uh, and I don't have the actual name of the song, but come with me and you'll be in the world of pure imagination and everything is edible and they're just filled with wonder i could not take my eyes off the screen and i could not stop being hungry (laughs) (laughs) and just uh oh my god like it's just it's magic i've seen it over and over and over and it never stopped being any less magic and then it's it's, you know you get i guess it pure imagination is the name of the song but when it keeps going because then all of a sudden you get that scary freaking monologue on the boat you know what i mean on the way to the to the uh you know test factory or whatever just uh oh my god it's so freaking wonderful like full of wonder just such an amazing freaking movie uh, and it, if it comes on, I'm going to watch it. Uh, I whistle your imagination on the regular Blue Can Vouch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no other song in my head and I'm just going to be whistling something. It's it's going to be that. I to- I've told my wife at my funeral, if I die before you, you will play this song. Like. <laughs> Just instrumental, fine. But I think this song defines who I am as a human being. Like, it's just, uh, like, it's late. I I just don't know how to, like, say, like, it's a 1971 movie. I came to it in the 80s, obviously, because I was born in 1980. But it's just wonder and joy and also dark scariness, you know what I mean? Like, moments where you're like, oh. Okay, like <laughs> some choices were made, which I enjoyed. Enjoyed when I was little, enjoyed as an adult. Uh, and I, I celebrate that this movie continues to be played on repeat on certain channels because I, I very much enjoy watching it. And I've watched it with my eight year old, and he'd be like, What is this? And I'm like, It's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. And he's like, Can we watch it? And I said, Of course, boy, we can watch this. And he's like, I like this. And I was like, This is one of dad's favorites. Like, let's watch it. And he's like, Oh, it's a little scary, but it's okay. Exactly. Exactly, boy. It's it's a little scary, but it's okay. <laughs> and uh, he's like, I want to live in a chocolate factory. I'm like, me too, son. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> what what things do you, Blue? Oh, are you kidding? As soon as you said um, the the opening lyrics to that song, like the, when he does step out onto that floor and everything is just like, oh, and it all looks good, despite the fact that you know, you know, it's not 
you know, now, you know, it's not all edible, but the parts that they were grabbing sure were because they were putting that stuff in their mouths. So at the very least, something was edible out there. And uh, just the thought that everything that they were beholding was edible, um, it, it really was a world of pure imagination. Like, and it hits you. It hits you so, it's just such a well thought out, well executed scene that is really kind of sets the pace for like, this is the kind of crazy stuff you're going to be seeing. Like just soak it in for a second. Cause we're going to, we're about to go on a ride yeah. and, uh, it, it, Oh God, it's such a beautiful movie. The whole thing. I hate the, his grandparents couldn't stand him. Even when I was little, I was like, get this grandpa out of here. He's messing everything up. <laughs> and, um, but yeah, like the whole movie was just it's so good. It's a great right. story. It's a great movie. The the setups, it's it's amazing. I mean, you can guess why I give Grandpa Joe a pass. Oh yeah. <laughs> Both of his grandpas have my name, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Even his grandma's grandma Josephine. <laughs> yep. Josephs, we rise. We wear our coat of many colors. We rise. <laughs> But I mean, come with me and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and you'll see into your imagination. We'll begin with the spin, traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. Like, uh, if you want to view paradise, simply look around and view it. Anything you want to do it, want to change the world. There's nothing to it. There is no life I know. Pair with pure imagination. Living there, you'll be free. If you truly wish to be. All the, all the goose flesh. I could keep going. <laughs> I could keep going, but uh, I will I will restrain myself. But yeah, <laughs> Willy, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory just is everything. And uh, yes. It, uh, it's not exactly science fiction, science fantasy, but it's wonder and joy and imagination. And that really does like lead to a lot of things that I do. You know what I mean? And I'm like, Gene Wilder's yeah. not the best singer, but he, he's there. He's doing it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I could be a Vestas Gloop. I could, I could slip on Chocolate Rivers. I could do it. <laughs> like, more often than not, I bust out like Violet Beauregard and freaking uh, uh, What's Her Noodle. Uh, She's a bad egg. Uh, Veruca Salt. Like whatever, Veruca thing, whenever salt. there's children that are awful, I'm like, easy, Veruca. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, yeah. And Mike TV. And <laughs> Mike TV. <laughs> oh, that's freaking good. Like, you're like, you stole fizzy Lithy drinks. You get nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> Or like most commonly, like guests just being dumbasses and like, no, stop, don't. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, just a, a very versatile movie in my life. Uh, very so, much so. There, there we go, Blue. That's what I got. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. All right. Well, uh, my next one I don't think is as influential of a movie, period, uh, as that. But it is a movie that... Um, I absolutely adore and was definitely one that shaped me in a, a, a couple of different directions. It really got me into uh, martial arts and 
made me like, whoa, man, there is a lot more to fantasy than I thought that there could be. And that was Big Trouble in Little China. Good old Jack Burton on the Porkchop Express. It's the whole (laughs) freaking movie, man. The entirety of that movie is such a freaking ride. Um, Wow. You've got amazing characters. You've got Wang who's going through it. Like he's like, oh, my my spirit and my body are going north and south. You know, I I figured it out, bro. That's why I couldn't cut the glass. He's like, whatever. You owe me three thousand dollars. It's so it's such a good freaking movie. And it starts off so simple. You know, you got this dude in a truck and he's very obviously an asshole. And you've got his Asian friend who makes really good food, apparently. And uh, everything that I saw in that movie, by the way, food-wise, I was just like, God, I want some of that. Thinking about it right now, I want some of that. (laughs) But then it takes this really wacky, wild turn where it it gets all supernatural with all these creatures and, and dudes with, like, superpowers. And then, of course, absolutely, of course, you've got the Storm Brothers. You've got Lightning, Thunder and wind and these three dudes are like the biggest things that almost everybody remembers from the movie is these three especially lightning lightning comes down and he's tapping his chest and doing all these moves and lightning's coming off his body is like raiden from mortal Kombat. <laughs> and then there's the the other parts in the movie where they finally get to fight these dudes and they they take their potions and they do their things and the costuming and everything was great. And you get some weird creatures like the eyeball seeker that's like the alarm system for the area. The whole movie is totally bananas, but super, super fun. Yeah, it is a, a super fun movie. And as much as you want to say like Jack is like the main character, he's really not. No. Yeah, he's a he's a character, yeah. but uh, he's, he's he's definitely not. a character. Um, they kind of put him there, but, uh, yeah, I think the whole world is kind of more in the front. And if you really want to get into it, I think Wang would be like the main dude. Like you literally mentioned it. I was like James Hong when he was younger. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it's a, it's, it's a good movie. Like, uh, it's Kim Cattrall. (laughs) Yeah. Kim Cattrall, like literally watching sex in the city with my ex-wife. When she popped up, I was like, big trouble? Big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big trouble. <laughs> uh, good, good stuff. I don't, I mean, I, it's been a little bit since I've seen the movie. Uh, I do remember when Mortal Kombat first came out. I was like, oh, did they just rip off Big Trouble in Little China? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> was one of my first thoughts. And uh, while I've never seen any like collaboration or stuff, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. Like, Seems seems uh it seems legit. Oh yeah, Big Trouble definitely came out way before friggin' Mortal Kombat did. That's for sure. But I mean, a lot of you know John Carpenter, but this is this is in his wheelhouse. This is something that he did. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, just this pulp uh movie uh given given elements of I don't know, just like Hong Kong cinema and and sorcery and 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 mythology and uh yeah it's a it's a really freaking interesting movie yeah it's super fun i like just watch it it it, it's weird and there are lots of memorable quotes like it shall not rise again what what huh what'll come out no more and (laughs) poor jack burton's just freaking out and everybody's just like yep 
it, it will it will come out no more. Okay, let's let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dude is just out of his element, freaking out. Low pen and the green eyed girl. <laughs> yep. Taylor's oldest time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a solid movie. I don't know that I expected to talk about it on here, but uh, yeah, I love it very very much. Yeah, I, I thought that would be a little bit of a of a curveball for you because like I have a very solid type of movie that I usually go with but this one was so influential I was like no I gotta I gotta mention this one too and I haven't given it enough love yeah for sure not a movie we've talked a lot about here on the podcast Mm -hmm. I mean 1986 good stuff all right I dig it all right that shoots it over to you man shoots it over to me so um 1984 the next movie I'm going to mention uh, this this wows me in a different way. Uh, a movie I don't know what what my other options to see were. I'm tr- I want to say it was like ET the Extraterrestrial, but it came out like two years before. So Gremlins from 1980. Yes, a movie I love and revere. But when I saw this movie in the early 80s, a movie that caused me to have nightmares for a year. Wow. Like, gremlins haunting my sleep like oh scared the piss out of me and watching as a adult i'm like how why what but freaking gizmo the mogwai and like everything that goes down with like them not like you know treating the creature the way it's supposed to be treated and and christmas movie and and the microwave like that microwave scene really sticks to me and uh then with snow white and the seven dwarves in the theater but like the end of the movie when when spike gets taken down in the fountain just oh like, yeah still like oh my god bah, bah. <laughs> and and just uh you know the the little lady with her with the little stair machine and it's <laughs> uh, just yeah it's a silly movie but man one of my favorite christmas movies you know uh yep. even rank it above die hard but nice. yeah just uh <laughs> And, like, it was scary enough for me as a kid. Definitely a movie I should not have seen. Uh, and, yeah. like, I had the choice, but that's the movie that I went to go see and, like, left the theater. Didn't even finish it. I had to watch it later and then be scared again by it. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, it just uh, wowed me in so much to, like, these, like, sciencey like, monster creatures. You know what I mean? From cute to yeah. evil in such a such a short amount of time. And uh, really just sort of, like, got me. Like, well, the 80s weren't all, like, fun and love and Big Trouble in Little China. Like, it was also gremlins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I just, and, and I've, I've come to love it so, so much as an adult. Like, just a, a really, really freaking good movie. And uh, Joe Dante directing it, like, uh, written by Chris Columbus. He of the Harry Potter, like, directing, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just, uh Yeah. Yeah, and Howie Mandel voicing Gizmo, like, it just, there's so much to it. Uh, and it's, uh, you know, the 80s were very ripe with, like, mystery and wonder from Chinatown. <laughs> uh, and this is another example of it. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Blue? Oh, I love Gremlins. Are you kidding me? Like, the entire, um, like, mythos behind the movie, straight up leading into the ridiculousness that was part two. Where you get Hulk Hogan at one point, oh, and I love the back Gremlin, and yeah, <laughs> yes, so good. Um, but yeah, Gremlins one was so like I am. I am so glad you brought it up. 
like something I did not expect something like this from you. Um, this this particular movie or something that scared you, which I'm really glad because boy howdy, my my last one here is gonna throw you for a loop. Um, <laughs> and I was I was ready for it to throw you for a loop, but now maybe not so much. I don't know. But okay. um, uh, Gremlins is just fun. It's fun, is what it is. It was creepy because yeah, as a kid seeing the the cute little thing transform into the like cocoon and then come out this scaly ugly i was like oh no like absolutely not the creature effects are so like great especially considering when they were done yes absolutely still using those templates for creatures to this day yep 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 yeah that's uh yeah gremlins You know what I mean? I know that like falls like World War II and like <laughs> fighter pilots and like bomber pilots like blaming like mishaps with their aircraft on gremlins. Like, yeah, I get it. But uh, yeah, just uh, yeah, really, really interesting. And just so you know, friends listening, Magua in Cantonese means devil. Like it doesn't mean sweet, yeah. cute, little innocent thing. Like it was right there on Front Street. Like take yep. home this devil. Don't feed him. <laughs> Don't feed exactly. him after midnight. Don't get him wet. <laughs> Be careful with your cute little devil. <laughs> so uh yeah it's uh and i'm excited for the like secrets of the mogwai animated show that's going to come out like yeah gremlins is Me freaking too. great yeah yeah i can i can Love stand them. for more content from this world absolute same all right blue so i guess it takes you to your number five all right so this what this movie scared the piss out of me as a kid um it but the special effects in it were so good that I remember it to this day. Like, as a matter of fact, the reason why I put it on on the list, it was kind of like um, I pushed another one off of the list to put this one on because my wife actually had brought something up. Um, you know, I, I, I like to go LARPing. Um, I do like a lot of the physical role play and get out there and fight, you know, swords and stuff with everybody. And my character um, currently is like a pirate character, right? Um, so I got a new hat for it, and somebody in the house, I think it was Amos, was joking about, oh, why don't you put a Billy Bass on your hat? And so that every time it like, every time you talk or say something, it like flops around. And my immediate thought is, I fucking hate Billy Bass because it's terrifying to me because I saw the movie House when I was a fucking child. Did you ever see the movie House, Joe? No, no. Good it's scary it is scary as fuck so in the movie house there is this scene and um i'm 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 bringing the movie in as a whole yes very much shaped me because i was like man houses can be fucking scary and and two there were a lot of like depictions in this movie that were like really crazy and the whole house is like a haunt it's supposed to be like a haunted house right and um there is this sailfish like a swordfish style fish that's mounted above the um, the mantle uh, above the fireplace in the in the like the big big room right and it's one of those you know Victorian houses that's really big and pretty and like three thousand square feet you know type of type of house right and um, the the fish on there at one point in the movie the dude hears this loud banging and he's like what is going on he's already had a whole bunch of creepy shit already happen and when he goes into that room like a billy bass this swordfish on the wall is slamming itself trying to get off of the mountings of the of the plaque that it's on and i was like oh no that is a dead that's supposed to be dead that's not even 
I I hate all of this. And there were lots of parts in the movie like where he opens up his um uh like medicine cabinet in his bathroom and when he opens it up it's just into like blackness and he like puts his head through and he's like what the fuck and it's just like you could see the light of his bathroom like reaching out into the darkness and he sees something fly by and he's like nope and he closes the thing and i was like that's what i would do absolutely not and i would shut that thing i would i wouldn't even stay in the house i would have been gone a long time as soon as the first thing happened and that's what made me brave enough to be like hey you know what if anything spooky happened in this place, I would go like the very first sign of something spooky. I'd be, like, oh, okay, I'm out, and I'd just leave. And House was the movie that that gave me the sensibility to be that way. Hmm. It's a horrifying, it's a horrifying movie. And I, but the um, it's a Japanese it, the special movie, effects, yeah. Um, no, I I believe it was here in America. Um, I think they have a Japanese version of it, but um, from 1977 or no. No, I think it's a a little later than that because they were okay. already doing the the uh, special effects. I think it was in the eighties. Oh, so the movie I found was from nineteen seventy seven, which was like uh, uh okay. So I'm trying to so trying to find the movie that you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's called, called it's just called House. Yep. Yeah, I'm finding a lot for a Japanese horror movie. Are there? Yeah, characters... I'm sure there was Japanese. I don't remember the people inside of that inside of the Are there movie. Characters but... named like hold on, so uh. Characters. They're probably typical white people names like John and Lacey or something like that. Oh, see that that's not what I found. I found freaking uh gorgeous and uh was there a watermelon in a well? Uh I don't think so. Oh, there was a lady who who ended up not being a real lady and she's like this monster and he shoots her with a freaking shotgun and then uh when did the movie come out? Like I said, uh some at some point in the eighties. Hold on. I'm trying to do this without it. Is it Guest House? No, no. 1986 comedy horror film. Okay. Did you find it? Yeah. Yeah, I found it in 1986. So there's apparently a 1977, like, really scary movie called uh, called House that I, like, found first because I haven't seen it. So look at it. I was like, man, all these characters have names like Gorgeous and Melody. And they found <laughs> decapitated head in the well because they were storing a watermelon there <laughs> i was like oh my god this is frightening so uh yeah no 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 it's the comedy horror one yes because they're the when the lady gets shot in the stomach like and she turns into a monster it was definitely like funny scary but um yeah like okay. that movie was something else and the uh the special effects in the movie made me want to like learn how to do that kind of stuff and mom had a couple of magazines that were for um special effects and how to do them and it was the guy who did the special effects for uh, the thing, uh, the 1980s version with uh, Jack Russell. Jer no, not Jack Russell. Um, Kurt Russell. Huh. Right. Not. I was thinking Jack Burton because Kurt Russell was also Jack Burton. But right. yeah, with uh, Kurt Russell. But he he had done this magazine that had some stuff in it. And in that magazine, they were talking about like. Uh, Freddy Krueger, and they were talking about how they did the special effects for certain other movies, and one of the movies that was in there was House, and it was the the freaking lady that was inside there. I remember she was giant, bluish purple, had like these big old lips, and she was like, so frightening looking, but also absolutely ridiculous. It's like a really dumb looking. Uh, you probably see it in like images when you look it up, but yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a crazy freaking movie. And it scared the bejesus out of me, but it shaped me because now 
I, I don't go into spooky things. I just leave. I go, nope, I'm not going to be like that stupid dude. I'm out. Yeah, the like clown leather face looking thing is pretty frightening. Yeah, yeah. A little lot of creepy stuff in that movie. Huh. Never seen it, and I don't know that I ever will. <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. don't. I was thinking of showing it to Caitlin just to see what she thinks. All right, so that takes it to me? Yeah. So I've got Last three one, more things and a, and a fourth oh. one that I thought you were going to mention. Oh, okay. Uh, so, hmm. I mean, I, I, to I be mean, honest, I can, I can go on. Oh, yeah. we. I think, what, what are we sitting at on time-wise? Um, we are currently at midnight. Like an hour? You got, you got a half an hour, half hour more in you? Oh, yeah. We're, we're right. at an hour and a half right now. All right. So. Oh, no, I'll an go... hour into the, into the actual podcast. Sorry. Yeah. Into the recording. All right. So my next one from 1977, definitely saw it on TV when it was like being like syndicated is The Hobbit from 1977. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I'm on record saying that I feel like the Lord of the Rings movies are boring. Uh, mm -hmm. What I do not feel are boring are those original animateds for Lord of the Rings. Uh, yes. Me at the right time as a child. Uh, but The Hobbit uh, was smog. And uh, is that the one with where there's a whip? There is a way where there's yes. a whip. There is a way we don't want to go to war today. But the man with the whip says, nay, nay, nay. <laughs> where there's a whip. There is a way. <laughs> we sang that so much in the military. It was ridiculous. Um, oh, wow. Uh, and just with the stuff with, with Schmeagol, I know his name now because of the Lord of the Rings movies, but with mm -hmm. Gollum, uh, it just uh, dark, dark four kids like animation. And uh, it just, it, it hit me in all the right ways and had like, is responsible for why I read like, Dragonlance book, why I read, oh. you know, why I actually read The Hobbit, why I read Lord of the Rings. Like, it just, uh, it engendered that interest in the world of high fantasy. And, uh, you know, Bilbo Baggins and Gandalf and the, and the 13 Dwarves, like, it just, uh, it was just so interesting. And I don't know that the animation was great, but it was, you know what I mean? It, mm -hmm. uh, it just, like, Hit me exactly where I needed to do. Seeing them traveling through the misty mountains, it was it was wonderful. With them like in the in the beer casks floating down the lake town, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it just uh, it, it had all the right elements. It was paced the correct way. I mean, this is this is Rankin. You know what I mean? Rankin and Bat, who mm -hmm. brought us like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer and more. You know, Frosty the Snowman, giving us high fantasy and. And uh, it just was freaking amazing and uh, tight like a tiger uh, did everything, you know, animated in Tokyo. And it just really, really struck me. And like, I think smog is like my wow moment where I was just like dragons. And to this day, like you give me dragons, I'm in. And it all begins with me seeing this 1977 film, film with smog, yep. you know. Uh, and uh, as much as I liked the uh, you know the sequel with them doing Lord of the Rings, it's great. But The Hobbit just uh, holds this like it's up on a pedestal for me. It's uh, really really good. 
And uh, what thinks you, Blue? Oh, I absolutely agree. Are you kidding me? What funny little birds. They have no wings. What funny <laughs> little birds. What funny little things. Like, that was... <laughs> when the when the goblins come and orcs come ri- riding in on the wargs, uh, the giant wolves and stuff like that, like, hell yeah. Uh, the great eagles coming down to save them from the trees and stuff. Like, that movie, Rankin Bass were awesome. Uh, as a matter of fact, the movie that I was going to bring up um, until Caitlin had brought up that other thing uh, that we were laughing about with, with the house um, is actually a Rankin-Bass animation, too. Oh, nice. As a matter of fact. Yeah. So uh, I'll talk about that next. <laughs> Sweet. But yeah, The Hobbit, just uh, the reason I like high fantasy begins right there with me seeing this animated on television. Hell yeah. Like 100%. So what you got next, Blue? Okay, so for me, like I said, it's a Rankin Bass movie. Um, I it was one of the things that got me into like um thinking about like the elementals and stuff like that, and it was really cool. Was Flight of Dragons? Did you ever see that one? No. No, you never saw Flight of Dragons. No. Definitely so. one to watch with the kiddos. It's super cool. It had a really interesting message um between where your imagination is and where like um it was kind of like um like how you can have both science and like magic because like the whole story revolves around hey this magical world something's going on like magic is being gone and this one wizard um he's the wizard of fire because there were four wizards there was air wind water fire and the wizard of fire was like yo the humans are are messing up our magic stuff and I'm going to like get into them and I'm going to use their science and all their stuff to create wars and do all these bad things. And he's like, you know, they show like images of like wars and the atomic bomb and all this other stuff. Right. And the bad guy like laughs and he like leaves. And then the the three good guys, water, uh, water, air and earth are like, Oh, he's going apeshit. We're going to have to do something. So they find this dude who's a, he's a nerd, like a big nerd, but he's not like a fantasy nerd. He's a science nerd. And everybody's like, ugh, they can't stand to be around him because he's like kind of a know-it-all. And uh, you get to see his character growth as they put him into this fantasy setting where like, yo, magic is real, bro. And he's like, bullshit, magic ain't real. They're doing, And everybody's like, we're doing it in front of you. You trust your eyes, don't you? He's like, no, optical nerves and blah, blah, blah. And he starts like reciting all the stuff that he's read in books and stuff. And they're like, no, absolutely not. Like you got to see the world for what it is. And like, if something is happening right in front of you, you got to accept. And he's like, fine, I guess, but I'll try to explain it away in a way that makes sense to me, you know? So they go through the whole thing and he he like gets really hurt and they have to put him like fuse him with a dragon. And he's, uh, uh, one of the dragons now. So the guy gets to be a dragon and it's, you know, that beautiful Rankin Bass animation. And the, there's an older dragon there. Who's like trying to teach him how to be a dragon. He's like, Oh, you got to eat this, this stone. And the guy is like, what? why am I going to eat stone? And he's like, because that's what's going to make you lift up. And he's like, how does making myself heavier lift me up? And he's like, I don't know, man. You just eat the stone, you get gassy and you go up. And he's like, Oh, and he explains it in scientific terms. And the old dragon's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Just eat the stone, bro. 
<laughs> and it's it's a really fun I think it's a really fun movie that has like a lot of um like really interesting dialogue between the characters and um it's done in that beautiful animation you know and there's a lot of magic a lot of science and like the main character has to give up something like towards the end I won't spoil like what it is or, or exactly what happens but in order to like save the day you know he has to like basically sacrifice something and then that like saves everything you know what i mean nice and it's uh it's a really cool movie flight of dragons yeah i like i was looking at images of it i have no memory of this movie uh 1982 like it just it, it skipped me like somehow wow like you can't yeah. see everything but it looks it looks very interesting to me i like oh it yeah i best, think so, i think yeah. you would love yeah 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 uh definitely it piques my interest like <laughs> i'm jotting down like find this find this joseph find <laughs> it <laughs> so i'm glad i'm glad that i kept you around to mention it yeah so that's righteous all right so my next one i've got i've got two more on my list and then a third one that i thought you were going to mention but you haven't yet mm -hmm. uh jaws 1975 oh, nice. if we're going with just <laughs> oh wow uh from the opening to the reveal, to the the tension. Uh, this is one of those movies that a lot of people my age watched way too young. Mm. And like my mm. best friend to this day doesn't go in the ocean. He's gone in the ocean like three times in his life, and two of those times was because of me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I never let it let this movie scare me off the ocean. Uh, but you want to talk about a movie that is like justified like the the horrible murder of a lot of sharks. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Steven Spielberg's Jaws, and uh, it's it's just a perfect movie. You know what I mean? It's oh, it's yeah. it's unimpeachable. Like it's it's just so freaking well done, and it's a a comedy of errors. Like it's something that should have never worked that did. You know, and and Steven Spielberg has that luck when he's doing the filmmaking. It's just either a testament to his skill or a testament to his luck. But uh, I, for a movie that like wowed me. As a child, because just like it's sheer ferocity and uh, storytelling, like just like, yeah, like, oh, man, uh, just just wow. One of those movies that just like knocked me off my block. Uh, and there's a lot of horror movies that I finally conquered as as a, you know, a young adult. But I, I didn't like horror movies because I was babysat by them, by like a crackhead addict. And me and their kid, like, sat there, like, scared, clutching each other while Freddy and Jason and Leatherface and whatnot, like, just freaking did their, their awful stuff on screen. Like, who the fuck are you to have that be the babysitter of kids? Like, that's not okay. But yeah. Jaws never entered that pantheon because it had more of a realism to it. You know what I mean? Wasn't mm -hmm. even technically in my dreams as long as I, I stayed away. Like, but I definitely like Gremlins, a movie that gave me nightmares. Uh, and every once in a while, I'll still have a great white shark dream. And I'm just like, oh, Jaws, you're still in there. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Do you, do you have thoughts on Jaws Blue? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? Jaws is cinematic, like, beauty. You know what I mean? The whole freaking movie is, is really, really cool. And as a kid, when I watched it, of course, it scared the bejesus out of me. And I was like, I really want to go into water so I could punch a shark in the nose. My teacher told me if you punch a shark in the nose, it'll go away. And my mom was like, yeah, you give that a shot and you tell me how it goes when it eats your entire body. And I was like, nah, mom, I could totally take a shark. And she was like, your son is never going in the ocean. <laughs> she would say to my father. 
<laughs> but but by that time, by the time that I had actually, you know, caught up to Jaws, um, I think I was like, I think I was like five or six and she had already forced me to watch Child's Play oh, um, to toughen me up, like right when it came out, which I think was 86. So I was like, I was ready. I was ready to take on the world. And she was like, ah, I created a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the first child's play. Um, I'm trying to find it. Uh, da, 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 1988. Mm. Yeah, I distinctly remember my friend Peter Abood watching that movie on a sleepover. He wanted to watch it, and I hung out in his room because I did not do scary movies. So uh, there you go. And I didn't want I didn't want any of that evil put on any of the dolls that I enjoyed. So. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've watched it since, uh, but like I said, a lot of those movies scared the piss out of me, and I like finally came to them like being deployed in like 2001, and them all being available to rent, and like watching them in my temper tent with my buddies, and nice. like conquering them and laughing at them and being like, ah, why do these ever scare me? Ha 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 ha! ha. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. All right. So I mentioned Josh. You got another one to mention, Blue? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so. For this one here, uh, it was another one of these movies that, like, really inspired me to, like, get into animation. And, of course, um, the toys were every, – everybody loved them, right? And it's Transformers. Transformers movie. Are you kidding me? The death of Optimus Prime. My favorite Transformer died in the first five minutes of the film. I was like, why am I even watching this now? My, my favorite guy, Prowl, dies in the first five minutes. I'm like, this movie sucks. I hate everything right now. Well, maybe he's coming back. And I watched the movie, and of course you get, um, oh gosh, you get Rodimus, you get um, Daniel, and the kid's name was Daniel. So of course I was like, oh my god, I'm in, I'm with the Transformers. And my mom was like, you're not a little white boy, shut up. <laughs> you're Puerto Rican, and I'm like, I know, but still. And she was like, he has curly hair, which doesn't make sense. And um, <laughs> you know, it was it was quite a time to be alive, and. Uh, you know, I would I I remember I would put the little um you know those hangers that didn't have the the, the bottom part, it was just like a little V, the plastic yeah. ones. I would put that in my back and pretend I was like hot rod because he had that, that V thing going on from his spoiler. <laughs> and I'd be like, Yeah, look at me, I'm hot rod. Blah <laughs> go running around the house and stuff like that. And uh uh the whole movie is just great. And and you got Weird Al songs and I was already a fan of Weird Al, so yeah. Well, I mean, we all watch that like television series, and they come up with the movie like based on it. And you're like, oh yeah, it's just gonna be a fun movie with a bit more money. And you're like, oh, 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 <laughs> nope. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was like, oh, the Transformers Devil just came out. Great, awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, uh, it marked a seminal moment where we're like, you know, people die in movies beyond that, and you're like, oh, ever since Optimus, I've been prepared for this moment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 1986 was a year. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was. <laughs> but uh, that uh, it's it's a freaking good movie. Animation quality. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole nine. The transformation. Cyclonus is like a one-time villain in there with the uh, the rest of the Transformers, like the, the Decepticons that had uh, been destroyed and like kicked out, jettisoned out of uh, Astro Train, and then were transformed by Unicron. Uh, Cyclonus is still like one of my favorite freaking uh, Decepticons like ever. That dude is dope. 
And I mean, just like having like Eric Idle, Judd Nelson, Leonard Nimoy, Orson Welles, like voicing characters in a cartoon about transforming robots. (laughs) Uh, Star-studded cast. Oh, man. Like, so much better than any of us children deserve. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a banger. Totally, you can watch it, dear listener, and it it's worth it. So many freaking Transformers. It's, this isn't just like a group of six. Like nope. it is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, for me, like Bone Crusher, really like, mm-hmm. yeah, like but Junkie on and freaking Blur and uh, Spinner became one of my faves. Um, Springer, sorry, and then uh, there was Springer, and of course my all-time favorites, the Dinobot. Yes. Dinobots win all the time. And Rise of the Beast coming this year, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Dinobots gets their gets their place in that third live action. But yeah, it's uh, this this is the movie that sparked all of us being like more live action Transformers, please. Yep. So, uh, yeah, that's a good choice. I'm glad uh, glad to continue and have it mentioned. So uh, that, that throws it to me, Nick. Yeah. 1982. One of my favorite movies of all time. You want to talk about like wow moments? E.T. the extraterrestrial. Hell yeah. Freaking from the from the puppetry work from E.T. to the real characters uh, to the the single mom raising children, which which really struck me because that was that was my growing up experience. Granted, we live with my grandparents, but I'm just like, yeah, I'm like a child of divorce. And like that was that was a much dirtier word in the 80s than it is nowadays. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, lots of people divorced. But like when I was a kid in the '80s, that wasn't the case. Like people would talk ill about my mom because she was divorced and raising me. And I remember that. Like, oh yeah. I still have memories of it. Uh, people call my mom a whore uh, just because she was raising me. Not like she was doing anything where they had any way to like call her that, but just like you know, it wasn't cool to not have a husband. And uh, E.T. very first movie I owned on VHS, I wore that freaking VHS out. Like that and Roger Rabbit. But uh, just Steven Spielberg just given like such a good movie. And whenever somebody's like, oh, that movie's overrated, I don't like it. I'm like, who are you? Who hurt you? Like, really? You can't <laughs> recognize like how good this freaking movie is. Um, and like knowing more about it, like with Steven Spielberg, like based it on an imaginary friend he had with his own parents divorce, which you know his parents divorced much earlier than my parents did. And it was even less of a cool thing, you know? And uh, oh, yeah. Just the, the animatronics of E.T. and the entire story, but like for like a wow moment, like the entire thing. Wow, it's wonder, uh, you know, from the beginning of like meeting him with the Reese's Pieces to like the, the ship showing up at the end uh, with the, the flying on the bikes. That's a wow moment. But my wow moment is when E.T. dies. Oh, And yeah. freaking Elliot starts dying. And they're just they're like, what the fuck is happening? Like, mm-hmm. no, no. When they find him all gray in a ditch, like, oh, man. Horrifying. Absolutely yeah. horrifying. Yeah. And like crying because you love that freaking little alien. Like you love him. And uh, yeah, just like sticks with you. And even like watching the movie like as an adult, just like prepare yourself for this moment. That's going to suck. <laughs> and <Yep>. know that <laughs> it's going to get better. <laughs> but the first time you see it as a kid, you can't recreate that. We're just like, what's going on? Why? Uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, just uh, from the John Williams score, like a couple, several movies that we mentioned have great John Williams scores, uh, Jaws, E.T., but I don't know. And like, you know, Drew Barrymore, 
like I was probably the same. I think me and Drew Barrymore are the same age. You know what I mean? And just probably like, actually. Yeah. And uh, it's just uh, it, it, a freaking wonder and and mm-hmm. joy and uh, elements of horror and just it's uh, it's one of those movies that hit me on all the right wavelengths when it came out. But what's beautiful is it's a movie that can continue to strike people that way. Like show it to your kids and it's gonna do the same thing for them. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just lovely. Thoughts on your end, Blue? Do you know what struck me the most? And made me feel the most about that movie. The fact that the little boy, Elliot, had so many Star Wars figures. And I was so jealous. I wanted Star (laughs) Wars figures so bad. I was like, oh, gosh, he's got Reese's Pieces. This kid is living the dream. He's living the dream. And I'm out here being a douchebag. I think I was in, like, North Carolina at the time. Like, by myself on this house that was on the base. And we had, we were, like, on a a lake. And uh, the closest house to us was, like, half a mile away. And I was like, I'm out here being by myself, watching this freaking movie. This kid's got the coolest freaking Star Wars things. I'm like, where's my alien? I'm in a forest. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I I was in suburbia, so I was not in a forest, but I wished I was. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, the the movie just wanted me. I actually remember, like, going to visit uh, my mom and family friends that lived in Connecticut on a military base, uh, Groton. And uh, the peace house literally, like, behind, they had all these woods with trails. So I got to live my own personal, like, Losers Club, E.T., like, adventures, like, running these, like, forest trails. And just Mm -hmm. feel like, oh, this is like E.T. This is like it. This is like this. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so cool. And then, like, going back home and being like, let's play on the (laughs) (laughs) cul-de-sac. So... Yeah, uh, just a just a great freaking movie, and uh, I enjoy the piss out of it. And if it if it pops up on the telly, I'm gonna watch it. I'll watch it. I'm mm. gonna love it. And uh, yeah, one of my all time favorite movies. So uh, yeah, like and and wow, so many wow moments. But the ET dying, <laughs> wow. So uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got you got anything else to mention, Blue? Oh hell yeah, uh, I've got another movie that um, I've been wanting. To like talk about for a little while and i thought hey you know what thinking about it now if i had to bring up more movies it was on the list anyway monster squad bro. <laughs> wolfman's got nards wolfman's got <laughs> nards bro you talk about wanting to have a bunch of friends that were like cool and be the cool kid in the group and and you want everybody wanted to be rudy and stuff you know but y- you've got this group together you're you're fighting dracula the Wolfman, the Mummy, the creature from the 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 underwater creature. I think is the you couldn't say the creature from the Black Lagoon. I think, and then Frankenstein's monster is now your bud. Like the whole movie is fun. It's it's silly. It it's actually really cool. Um, the special effects that went into it, like Frankenstein's monster, looks amazing. Uh, all of the special effects, the the creature. Uh, from the Black Lagoon looks amazing. Um, what what do they call it in that, like the swamp creature or something? Because they call it something different. They didn't call it the creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm, I'd have to look it up. Well, anyways, that creature, um, it, it's like a fish creature, you know, like uh, yeah. for anybody who hasn't seen the movie. It's like it's a fish definitely creature. the creature from the Black Lagoon, but just. Yeah, it's supposed different. to be. Yeah. And uh, it's rad looking. And uh, they they throw a piece of garlic pizza on freaking Dracula's face. And the whole movie is just rad. 
it's it's like the epitome of the word rad. <laughs> like it's really cool, oh, and it makes Gilman. you Gilman. Gilman. That's what they call him. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, it just makes you feel like even as a kid, like you could be badass. The name is Horace. As <laughs> 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 he cocks the shotgun. So good. Oh man, such a good movie. You know, um, super sad. Uh, I found out, like, actually just a couple of years ago that that kid that played Horace died of pneumonia, like, a couple years later. Oh, wow. Yeah. Jiminy Christmas. That's crazy. Yeah, it was super crazy. I was like, whoa. Because, you know, you, you get to that point where you're like, I wonder what happened to these actors and blah, blah, blah. Like, well, if they've been in any movies that I know of. And then I was like, oh, that's sad. But at least he's got this one, and it was really fucking good. So you live on in my memories, kid. Oh, that movie's so freaking good. It's tight, too. 82 yeah. minutes. It gets in, it gets out. Yep. It's uh, it's lovely. It's uh, such a freaking good movie. Definitely saw it on VHS. It came out. I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this. And to this day, like, I love Universal Horror Monsters. Like, oh, yeah. So very much. Like, I've got Frankenstein and the Bride, like, tattooed on my arm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. oh, and uh, it was just a unique take on those characters, you know, and also giving us that, like, that kid adventure. Yeah. Yeah. And Wolfman's got an art. Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> uh, Kick him in the nards. Wolfman's got nards. Kick him in the nards. <gasps> Wolfman's got nards. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a really freaking great movie. 1987. Yeah, so, so good. All right. So uh, I don't really have anything else on my list, but the one that I kept expecting you to mention was mm-hmm. Labyrinth from 1986. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I don't I don't know why I just I expected Labyrinth to be on your list. It's OK that it's not. Uh, it's, uh, I love it's... the Labyrinth. And yes, it was lower on the list. The one that I was thinking that you were going to say that I thought you were going to bring up was Goonies. So so actually, like as we've been talking about this, when you brought up Kroll, all of a sudden I got nostalgic for the Beastmaster from 1982. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and when you brought up Big Trouble in Little China, all of a sudden I got nostalgic for The Golden Child from 1986. <laughs> Dude, The Golden Child was so good. Yeah. Being me the knife. <laughs> and when you were talking about House, I was thinking of like horror movies that gave me nightmares. And all of a sudden I was like Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984. Yep. <laughs> and then when we were talking about The Monster Squad, I was like The Goodies. 1985. Yep. <laughs> so, so like quite literally, uh, all of the all of those movies. I was like, yep, honorable mentions, every single one of them. Yeah. Hell yeah. You mentioned yeah. Beastmaster, and then all I could think of was Red Sonja and Conan. Yeah, yeah, Conan, Conan definitely falls right in there. There was a not sword and sandals, so to speak, but like the 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 high fantasy like warrior adventure like mm-hmm. genre. Yeah. There's a, a whole bunch of them. The Conan the Barbarian, so freaking good. No oh, heck, yeah. Has no business being that good, but uh, yeah. And you want to see you want to see James Earl Jones in a completely different fashion? Yeah, get yourself Conan. Heck yeah, he was he was rad in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any other honorable mentions? Oh yeah, uh, Red Sonja, like I said. Um, goodness gracious, Commando, also with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was a good one. Had Alyssa Milano in it too. Uh, Predator, the the first Predator. Uh, golly, uh, what else? Um, I'm trying to think of the other adventure movies that we saw. Um, oh, uh, Indiana Jones. 
uh, flipping, hey, Indiana Jones was a big thing for my dad. Um, any others? I'm trying to think. Lots of Godzilla movies. Like I said to you before we started this, like, I had to weed out a lot of the Godzilla movies because I was like, my whole list is going to be Godzilla movies. Like, <laughs> <laughs> if I don't stop here and just keep one, it's going to be all Godzilla movies. Um, Gamera movies, uh, the Ultraman series, like, uh, gosh, the list goes on and on and on. Yeah, but that's why you got to do an entire Kai Blue episode, Blue. Uh, exactly. Well, that's why. That's why I stopped. I, I, I did. I did my one. I did, I did my one. Yeah, I was the, good. The, the only other one that I didn't mention is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's a good one too. Yes. Yeah, it's uh really really solid. But I think uh, I think we did a, a pretty good job with the premise. Yeah, I think so too. Like we could definitely go on and and bring some of those honorable mentions out like on another episode. And yeah. uh, I would love to get Danny in on this one and see like what else he would bring up because i'm sure he's he thinks like so much differently than us that he would probably have some really good takes on some of the movies i feel like the second you mentioned commando like you were falling into like danny's wheelhouse yeah (laughs) (laughs) i feel like that's like one of those movies that he's like oh fucking commando (laughs) (laughs) and i think uh, i think there's a lot of crossover between all of us like in movies that we enjoy Uh, it's nice to have some like honorable mentions Absolutely. Uh, yeah, still, still a little surprise. Labyrinth didn't hit your list, but that's okay because yeah. we hit we hit a lot of other movies that like fit into that. Uh, Indiana, freaking Raiders of the Lost Ark. Like, what do you say? Like, me and me and Eddie did a pretty good job. We done. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, that was a that was a good episode, all about uh, Indiana Jones. And who knows, there could be more in the future. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Or uh, Eddie on to talk about the uh, Indy Five. I'm actually really surprised I didn't bring up um, Labyrinth as well because I was so in love with the the female character. Um, Jennifer Connelly. Gosh, what is her? Yes, Jennifer Connelly. Like, I had a huge crush on her when I was little. I was like, wow, that girl is so pretty. Look at her black, black hair. And uh, (laughs) because. Then you married a blonde woman. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) Freaking crazy. My mom always thought that I was going to marry a girl with like blue eyes and black hair. And I thought so too. Like, yeah, first girl I dated like tricked me because she was actually a, a blonde, but I thought she had like dark hair. <laughs> so she was dying it, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> that's funny." No, yeah. well, Blue, thanks, man. It was, it was a good conversation. I enjoyed myself. Yeah, it was super fun. Thank you. All right, so that takes you to your plug, sir. Okay, uh, so, so we've gotten started, uh, restarted back up on the the wonderful Capes and Caverns, uh, which is being led right now by our my wonderful friend Cameron. Uh, you can catch him on CameronJackson.com, uh, like all sorts of stuff. You can just Cameron Jackson, J-A-X-N, um, Cameron. And then, um, uh, yeah, we're doing Capes and Caverns, which is a, a D&D-inspired uh, superhero TTRPG. Uh, tabletop RPG, so it's it's really fun. You know, lots of dice rolling, lots of voices, lots of voices with myself, uh, Cameron as our DM. Uh, I'm playing the part of Aldonis Rondolfo, who is a wannabe um, newscaster, uh, news reporter. He he wants to be the front desk guy. And then we've got our wonderful friend um, Autumn Gaberski, and she is <laughs> incredible as um, Kelly Fish and Chips which is an otter-looking creature, uh, alien creature, who is our weather girl. And then um, the wonderful Stephen Thomas, who you can actually catch the Capes and Caverns crew on his Twitch, 
and on his YouTube of Silver underscore Bulette, uh, Bulette spelled B-U-L-E-T-T-E. Um, you can catch it on uh, all the first season and this being the second season. We're doing it every other Monday um, for health reasons for everybody. Uh, that and to make everything consistent. So we took this Monday off. Uh, next Monday, we will be back on. Um, so this coming Monday, 8.30 p.m. Uh, you guys will probably be hearing this on what? Saturday, I believe, right? Uh, not sure if we're going to torment first or whether we're going to do this. We'll see. Okay, well, whatever. Anyways, every other Monday is when we when we uh, play. Uh, we go live and then you can catch the episodes up on the YouTube, which is once again... Um, at silver underscore bullet. Uh, nice. And that's Stephen Thomas. He is playing the character of um, Aubrey, who is this really tall, lanky, like alien looking dude as well. And uh, he shoots lasers out of its mouth. It's, it's a fun time. He's our sports guy. And he's very, um, uh, very flannel. <laughs> I, I think is the best description of him. He's very flannel. <laughs> okay, nice. I keep saying I need it in podcast form, so I can just listen to it that way. Oh, they're thinking about it. Uh, Steven was just talking about it uh, last episode, as a matter of fact. We, I need yeah. it. Just do it for me. You'll have one subscriber. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. What other plugs you got, Blue? Oh, and of course, myself at uh, BlueWolfD.com, which will take you over to my Instagram. Uh, I do like to do the arts, although I've been... Uh, as I was telling Joe uh, right before we even started this, like it's been crazy times at work. So I've been ridiculously busy to the point where even last weekend I had to do some stuff over the weekend. So uh, I haven't really had a lot of downtime yet. So, yeah, lots of overtime, too. So what art projects do you owe us, Blue? Oh, I still owe a ton. I still got to post up all the... The stuff I did for October, I got to do, I, I got to post up some pictures that I did for um, the first season of of uh, the Capes and Caverns. And then now the new stuff that I did for Capes and Caverns. I got a lot, I got a lot to post up. Was it your That's job? at least 40. Yeah, well, most of them. Start posting, you silly man. Yeah, I know, but I, you know, you got to get the right lighting and you got to post it properly and yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a whole lot of reasons to procrastinate. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, you know who doesn't procrastinate? Me, Joe the Wookiee Riot, host of this podcast. Uh, find me at Wookiee Riot on Twitter and Instagram. Send me an email, laughatupfuzzballpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Anchor.fm slash laugh-shit-up-fuzzball. Tpublic.com slash user slash laugh-shit-up-fuzzball if you want some cool merch. Uh, shirt that I need to post soon, but my internet's stupid. Uh, but I actually ran into amazingly talented artist Roman who said, I got some new shirt ideas for your podcast. I'm like, hit me up, brother. We'll figure it out. Then uh, shout out to Roman. To your constant listener. We appreciate you, buddy. Hell yeah. Uh, I think that's all things. Come over to the Book of Faces. Laugh it up, fuzzballs. The group. Uh, join all of us talking geeky. Over 700 people talking geeky. It's a, a good time and i think that's all the stuff it's all the stuff that i got to plug uh if, if uh, you're listening and you're a spotify user and you haven't subscribed to the podcast on spotify i'm actually gonna put out like a desperate plea to all my friends on the book of faces be like hey if you spotify can you like subscribe to the podcast because i just found out that the the ads are gonna stop because i don't have 100 subscribers on spotify so i'm not sure oh, everybody's no. listening uh, but if you do Spotify and you haven't subscribed to the podcast that way, if I can get 100 people to subscribe that way, we can keep the ad going. doesn't put a lot of money into my pocket, but like two weeks ago, it did put $25 into my gas tank. So I'm just saying. 
uh, you got to work to keep a roof over your head and to keep podcasts like this going. So uh, if you're listening and you do Spotify and you haven't subscribed yet, do the thing. Tell your friends. Uh, look for my my future like beg from from all of my you know thousands of Facebook friends. Like, can we do Spotify? Just subscribe, please, please, and thank you. So uh, let's grow the podcast. Tell your friends about it. If you like listening to it, tell as many people. Throw it up on your social media. Just be like, dude, this guy's been doing it for over six years and doing it right. And uh, you should enjoy it because uh, there's episodes like this that you can enjoy. You know, some good geeky talk between friends about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. So uh, that's all I got. Sound good to you, Blue? Sounds good to me. All right, man. Well, I'm going to let you go because both of us need sleep. We both work early. And uh, yeah, until the next iteration of the podcast, until the next level, uh, thanks for being classy. Thanks for being excellent to each other. Party on, dudes. And uh, Wolfman has nards. Wolfman has nard. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, friends. What a way to end.